0: If you're a big fan of Bruce Lee, like I am, then today's episode may be hard to hear. Though I may be presenting it to you, the theories presented here are not of my opinion on the legend himself. The truth may lie somewhere in between or may be completely different. Now, with that said, let's take a trip to 1973 in Hong Kong to see whether or not we can find out exactly how Bruce Lee perished. Bruce Lee, an accomplished martial artist and actor and author, because he wrote a few books and scripts for some TV shows, passes away in Hong Kong on July 20th, 1973, and he was just 32 years old, at, I would say, the height of his career. Just six days had passed after Bruce Lee's passing before Enter the Dragon debuted, now that's the film that would go on to make him the first Chinese actor to become a Hollywood star.
1: Yeah, that was a big deal because he worked very diligently to try and break out of being relegated to a secondary role and try and become a star. And he actually had to make multiple movies. And just as soon as he was really getting started in um and planning on moving from Hong Kong productions to Hollywood and start making movies in the U.S. is when he died. So he almost became a, um, a big Hollywood star.
0: Yeah, he was right at the cusp. But, of course, you know, how could a man so strong and powerful who may have thought probably he was immortal? We've all seen video clips of Bruce Lee and his philosophy of being like water, right? Have you seen it before? I have. His whole thing is, like, be like water because water can be shaped into anything. You need to be that way too mentally. So why had he passed away so very young and so? Well, there were rapidly growing rumors across Hong Kong that the Lee family is concealing something that was, maybe there was a lot of evidence of drugs, a mistress. So... In order to find out what exactly happened, we have to go all the way back to 1973. Bruce Lee and his family were in Hong Kong, where he was working and finishing the touches for Enter the Dragon. And filming the upcoming movie, right after The Game of Death. Now, Raymond Chow is the founder of a Hong Kong-based film production business called Golden Harvest. He was the producer of the two movies, Enter the Dragon and Game of Death. Now, they were very close friends and it was kind of unusual for even in the film industry standards <laughs> for an actor and a producer to be such close friends so Bruce Lee started his day on July 20th at approximately 8 30 in the morning and started his morning exercises for about 45 minutes he did this every morning he had almost a religious routine he would do his stretches and then he would move on to lifting weights a little bit and then move on to practicing his martial arts. And then he would go on and do some cardio.
1: I might also add that this is July 20th, the hottest part of the year, midsummer in Hong Kong. And it was a uh, reportedly just a hot summer. So that might have something to do with possible heat stroke. But go on. Just wanted to throw that in there with all the intense training that he had that there was also a lot of heat
0: Right Then at 10.30am, Lee landed at Golden Harvest to collaborate with Raymond Chow on the Game of Death script. Around that time, Lee consumed a small amount of hash because he thought cannabis heightened his consciousness. Now, chewing cannabis was the thing to do in Hong Kong in the 70s and 80s, especially amongst the elites. This was something that everybody did. So it sounds unusual, but it's not. And like I said, it was a small amount. It wasn't a huge amount or anything. He didn't overdo it. He wasn't tripping. He just did enough to expand his consciousness. So at 1 p.m., Bruce Lee stepped into his red Mercedes Benz and drove to 67 Beacon Hill Road. Now, this is important because this is where his alleged mistress, Betty Ting Pei, a 26-year-old Taiwanese actress whom Raymond Chow had introduced to Bruce a while back, and she lived on the second floor in a one-bedroom apartment. And at the time, it seemed like not a lot of people actually knew, especially in Hong Kong, about Bruce Lee's affair that he was having. After Bruce Lee's passing, Betty wrote a book, and in the book, she stated that they had sex that day when he came over and consumed more hash. Now, later that night, Bruce and Betty were scheduled to have a dinner with raymond chow and george Lazenby. george lazanby was a one-time james bond actor and famous hollywood actor of course and the reason he was meeting raymond chow and george Lazenby was because bruce lee had hope into signing them up for his upcoming movie game of death so 6 p.m when raymond chow arrived at betty's apartment to pick up bruce lee and betty for the dinner bruce lee started to complain of a headache now it was at 7 30 p.m bruce lee's headache just grew worse so he uh, wanted to rest and betty gave him a common prescription pain pill now i have tried so hard and looked at several different articles and i could never find a description of what exactly that prescription pain pill was but
1: apparently it it was just a common pain pill. Acetylic, I believe so, but it's a mix. It's very similar to an aspirin, but it also has, I believe, something that's a type of tranquilizer. It kind of uses a muscle relaxer in it. Oh, I see. And it's, they say that it's the other part of it that made Bruce Lee have some sort of reaction.
0: Right, and that's what I read about this common prescription pain pill. I also read, as just a little side note, that Bruce Lee had taken this pill before and never had any problems. So, yeah, just as a side note, he has taken this before. He had already started his day with a little bit of hash, and then when he met up with Betty at her apartment, they had a little bit more hash. So, we don't know exactly the amounts of drugs that he was taking, and we don't know that it was just only hash or if it was maybe mixed with something else we just don't know too many of these other details but around 7 45 p.m raymond chow leaves for the dinner alone with george lazenby to talk about the game of death now a little bit later raymond called betty's number twice from the restaurant between 8 15 and 9 30 p.m to inquire about their anticipated arrival time Betty first mentioned that Bruce is sleeping. She said Bruce is still out from his nap because he had a headache, right? And she didn't really want to wake him up and disturb him. But Raymond Chow asked if she could just check on him. So Betty cautiously opened the door very slowly. Kind of snuck into the bedroom, trying not to make any sounds to disturb him. She kneeled down next to him and she kind of just whispered to him. Hey, Bruce, Bruce. But he was quiet. Didn't look like he was even breathing at that point. He was probably dead for a while, but she kept...
1: No, actually, he was still alive at that point.
0: Well, this is probably where we have mixed stories, Ah. because there was a couple of different stories that were out to the public as well. And we'll get into that. But at this point, because he wasn't responding, she started yelling a little bit. She started yelling Bruce a little louder and a little harder. She even started to tug on his shoulder, but he was still seemingly unconscious. So she shook him really hard and she said that she called Raymond Chow back at the restaurant in a kind of hysteria moment since she was unable to wake him up. Now, Raymond encouraged her to calm down, take it easy while he was on his way to her apartment to check on Bruce, which was across town. Now, when Chow arrived at the apartment, he saw Bruce, unclothed and unresponsive, laying completely flat on Betty's mattress. And at this point, he said he knew that it was already too late, that he was dead. He said to Betty Chow that he lost his star. To attempt to imagine what was going through Mr. Chow's mind at the moment, the two of them were the only witnesses to Bruce Lee's death. The most famous guy in Hong Kong was dead in his mistress's bed, and they knew that they would be consumed by controversy by the media if they caught wind of it. Their careers, they told themselves, allegedly, would be over, and they may even deal with legal troubles after this. So, he sought out a plan. Bruce Lee needed to have died somewhere else other than his mistress's bed. Now, Betty was instructed by Chow to contact her personal doctor, and that doctor was Dr. Chu. Now, Dr. Chu attempted unsuccessfully for 10 minutes to revive Bruce Lee when he had arrived to the apartment. Now, Raymond most likely conveyed the seriousness of the situation to Dr. Chu and begged him to drive Bruce Lee's body to the Baptist hospital where Dr. Chu worked at at the time, and which was barely half a mile away, so it was rather close to Betty Ting's apartment in order to minimize the number of witnesses. They didn't want any witnesses to this. Now, instead of going to the Baptist Hospital, which was much closer, Dr. Chu chose to call an ambulance to treat a patient who had collapsed. That was his sort of diagnosis to tell the ambulance without raising suspicion as to who it was and whether or not they were still alive or not. Now, he insisted that the patient, quote unquote, the patient, to be taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital instead which was 25 minutes away. Now, it's likely that Dr. Chu did this because he didn't want to bring any kind of scandal to his place of employment as well. Can you imagine being the doctor in your own hospital? The most famous star in all of Hong Kong is your responsibility. Around 10.30 p.m., it took the two paramedics and the ambulance driver seven minutes to reach the scene. The patient wasn't breathing, and the paramedics could not find a pulse they gave him artificial oxygen while performing cpr on him and they said the patient's condition remains unchanged now bruce was transported by the medics to the ambulance and a little after 11 30 p.m cell phones in hong kong began to ring with the news that bruce lee had passed away at the age of 32. There was no known at the moment cause of death. The results of the autopsy will subsequently reveal that Bruce Lee had suffered from a swelling of the brain.
1: Uh, Either swelling of the brain or I think it's a buildup of fluid in the brain in combination with the swelling.
0: And they contributed that to possibly being an allergic reaction to the pain pill that Betty had given him. 25,000 people attended the funeral service in Hong Kong. Three days later, Linda, Bruce Lee's wife, buried him in Seattle, where they had first met. And it was after this that rumors started that there was a family curse to the males in the Lee family and i believe that rumor was started by a co-star a bruce lee That had recorded some initial early scenes of the Game of Death. Now at the time, I have to add this, at the time, Bruce Lee's mistress, Betty Ting, completely denied that she had any kind of romantic feelings or um, sexual attraction towards Bruce Lee at the time. But it wasn't until probably around the late 90s, early 2000s when she released her book that she actually admitted committed to having an affair with Bruce Lee and at the time he did in fact die in her bed.
1: Well, I found uh, several different theories on how he actually died. But I'm going to start from what I would consider the least likely theories to what I think is the most likely theory. The least likely one and probably also the least glamorous too is it was simple heat stroke. Now, I've worked a few odd blue-collar jobs from time to time. My first job that I ever worked was on a ranch. And I will tell you that young men like Bruce Lee are the most susceptible to heat stroke. And the reason for that is you get this idea that you're strong enough, you can just tough it out. You get tired working out there in the heat and you just think, Yeah, I'll just suck it up and keep working. But that... Is what will be your downfall because heat stroke appears to just be exhaustion. It just appears to be tired, but no amount of strength can actually overcome heat stroke. So that is why the people who are most likely to suffer from heat stroke are the elderly and then young men. Now, the elderly, that's just because when you get older, your body has difficulty fighting adverse conditions. And that's just the sad reality of getting older. But it's a pride thing for younger men. I know that I've gotten pretty close to a heat stroke passing out and going, hey, I can I can push through. But no, Uh, no, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter if you're Bruce Lee continually working to drive you to heat stroke. I don't really think that this is a all that good of a theory because first off, I think that the autopsy would have showed that the swelling of the brain would have been different compared to the uh, that what they found with Bruce Lee. And also, <laughs> yeah, I, he even though he did do a lot of work and it was in the summer, and they it's said that he had an issue of being dehydrated. I don't necessarily think that the fact that he went and laid down and then suffered heat stroke is likely because if he was suffering heat stroke, he did everything that he was supposed to do to prevent heat stroke, which is go and rest. So I really don't think heat stroke is most likely. The next least likely that I think it is would be the secret of a a curse that was Some ancient curse that was bestowed upon his parents when their parents bought their house that they offended the spirits that had been protectors over the previous family that had lived at the house. Because before Bruce Lee was ever born, his oldest sibling died, a young boy. And that there is this curse in Chinese legend that will it will persist three generations. That this curse will prey upon the children of those who are afflicted by the curse. So that would be Bruce Lee, then it would be Bruce Lee's children, and then Bruce Lee's children's children. So this one, when Bruce Lee was born, his parents did not call him... By his birth name they called him little phoenix as he was growing up and little phoenix in the chinese language is considered to be a girl's name and the idea is they would call him little phoenix to try and ward off the spirit now one thing we haven't touched on is bruce lee's son also died in a tragic filming accident there was a gun that had a squib load stuck in the barrel and they stuck a blank in it and the blank was fired at at Brandon Lee and uh, it propelled the uh, squib a blow that was stuck in the barrel out and killed Brandon Lee so this one is a little far-fetched in my opinion because I don't really believe in these Chinese curses but it is interesting I put it a little higher than the heat stroke actually on my list but kind of kind of interesting that both his older brother died then he died and then his one of his sons died so, Bruce Lee had two children, I believe. So, it'll be interesting to see if any of his descendants from his remaining heir meet an unfortunate fate. The next most likely, getting more into the likely ones. Have you heard of the Triad, Eric? The Chinese type of gang. It's called the Triad. I don't know exactly why. I think there's two three main branches, which is why it's Triad. Tri meaning three, like triangle, obviously. But the name Triad... It's kind of like when you say Mexican cartel, right? There's so many different Mexican cartels and there's so many branches. And here's the thing, cartel means a bunch of things that have all come together to form a monopoly, of sorts. So, if you take OPEC, for example, you know what OPEC is, right, Eric? They form a cartel, because it's all these different people coming together to set a certain price. So, there's multiple cartels in Mexico which form these gangs which set the prices on the drugs. So, the Mexican drug cartels run a monopoly, but there's multiple of these cartels. So, you have all these drug gangs that have formed multiple different cartels, and then the cartels have, they don't cooperate with each other but the idea is when somebody says the triad is not referring to a specific gang but different gangs together that are put under this blanket thing of triad and that's what is in china now the the chinese triad is slightly more civilized i suppose they don't do a lot of fighting and that sort of thing they mostly work through businesses and most people who are in the triad don't do it to do criminal acts but are instead part of the triad for nepotism if you are in the triad then it's easier to get hired by somebody else who's also part of the triad. It's like a black market buddy system. And Rang Ming Chao was one of those men. That is how he got to be the leader of the, I can't remember the name of the film company, but the film company that he made that Bruce Lee was performing for, Golden Harvest, is through his connections with the triad. And that is why he introduced Betty Ting was a member of the triad. And that's how she got the job is because... Raymond Chow went and picked her not because of particularly her acting ability or anything like that, but because of the fact that she was a member of the triad. Now the idea is that this triad worked primarily as a recruiting, not recruiting agency, but a um, an acting agency. You know how we have film agencies in the U.S. where if you're part of this agency, they'll work to get you roles and different things and. for a fee but the difference is they have illegal ways of suppressing the competition. Well the idea is Raymond Chow had significant financial sway over Bruce Lee. One thing that you might be surprised to hear is there was no formal contract between Bruce Lee and Raymond Chow. No contract at all. He got everything that they got paid was through a promise that was never put on paper and Bruce Lee was beginning to complain that he wasn't getting his fair share and after Bruce Lee's death his wife did not get her share of the film that they had just produced and it was a big hit the film the one that they were just wrapping up and then they were talking about making another film but I believe that Bruce Lee was going to say no to that film because he had just gotten with the he was hoping that after the release of this film which they had put to private audiences and they had been well-received and they knew that it was going to be a big hit, that he was going to ride the wave of this big hit to then try and go back to the U.S. and break into Hollywood and become a a celebrity there. But he was going to try and leave behind Raymond Chow, the Golden Harvest. Yes, he was going to leave behind the Golden Harvest and he was going to switch. And Raymond Chow and the triad, And all of that said, no, we put you where you are. We gave you your big break. You still belong to us. We still get a cut out of what you made, uh, out of what you make and that sort of thing. And Bruce Lee, knowing that they held all the power, they didn't write contracts with him. They paid him what they thought that he was worth and what they paid him what they wanted to. There was nothing that Bruce Lee could legally go to court for and say, they didn't pay me or uphold their end of the contract cuz he they never made a contract. So seeing that there was not going to be another film, that he was going to leave and become their competition at that point, they decided to off him. And if that was the case, I believe that they would have used a poison not yet known To the medical world and that all of these things about well you know he had cyst symptom and he showed this and then he you know got sick and then did that then we would not be able to recognize that as a normal poison for instance we were talking about the the pill that he took that was mixed with the aspirin and saying well maybe that was an allergic reaction because it had this symptom and that symptom but with this poison that we wouldn't know about which if yours ever to be something like that it would be in China so all this time that medicine has developed independent of western medicine they could have uh, had many different types of poisons that they could then have poisoned Bruce Lee with that he would not have showed any symptoms that we would have recognized as a poison for instance one of the main things that they look for when they're making a looking for a poison which they did is they look for metal concentrations like lead and mercury because most of the known poison to the western world have mercury or lead in them or trace amounts anyway so that that is the uh, triad variation is that the pill that it was given to him was not actually what they said it was. It was a unknown poison that only somebody as powerful as the Triad would have access to. And then they did it because he was going to leave Golden Harvest and become his free agent in the US and compete against them. Now, this one, uh, I'm kind of kind of 50-50 on. My biggest issue is there's a whole lot that's pointing towards it. There was a fallout between Raiming there was a lot of stuff that doesn't add up, like the what room he supposedly died in, how long it took for them to call the doctor. There was a, a investigation on the triad by the Hong Kong police, but it was crushed internally. And the Hong Kong police was known to have a good amount of corruption in it, and that it was this was just the wrap up of Bruce Lee's career with Golden Harvest, and it just happened that he died with all of the suspicion all at the same time. It's a little bit coincidental. But what I think. I have heard that theory before, just slightly different. But there is one more theory that this one I actually have, I think is the most likely, although it's not the most interesting, is that he had a cortisol abuse. Now, cortisol, the steroid, so there's a, a cortisone shot that bruce lee was known to be taking and at the time he was self-administering it without medical supervision now there's some papers that just recently some letters that were just recently released by the family they were sold at auction you know personal letters of bruce lee and they show that he was getting his hands on many different things like winstrol and promoboltan and other muscle relaxers not things like the aspirin pill that he supposedly took and other steroids, and things like this, which people suspect that he was taking cortisol shots daily. Now, cortisone is something that people are still take to this day, and they're considered relatively safe. According to many different medical journals and that sort of thing, they recommend no more than one shot of cortisol every quarter of a year. Now, you can take cortisol, I think. Cortisone, I think, more often orally, but the shot, they say that you don't want to take it more than three to four times a year because it, it actually causes injury to joints and it'll cause flesh to uh, wither and that sort of thing. But repeated use like that actually starts to affect your production of adrenaline inside of the body. You start to develop adrenaline insufficiency, and what will happen is you will start... To experience all sorts of different things, such as comas and seizures, and blood pressure failure, and vomiting, muscle aches, loss of appetite, fluid loss, and weight loss. Now, if you've heard a lot of different things about you know, how strong and capable Bruce Lee is. One of the things that's often debated is how heavy he was, because, you know, that's a big thing about weight classes in fighting is if you, the bigger you are, then oftentimes the better you are at fighting, which is why they have weight classes in wrestling. But one of the things that people will say is, have arguments over is how much Bruce Lee weighed. And I think part of that is due to the fact that when he died, he was actually severely overweight and was having decay and they found this in his bloodstream is he had very high levels of stress indicators which showed that his muscles were breaking down and it was said that he had before he passed he had almost entirely switched on to a liquid diet and he was drinking lots of things like apple juice and carrot blended carrot smoothies and that sort of thing and that he obviously had problems staying hydrated along with you know his overall muscle aches and also browning and freckle spots appearing around his neck and lower face and that they assume could be linked to the fact that his adrenaline production has reached an extremely low level and because of this they speculate that that is why he collapsed two months prior and then was taken to the hospital upon being admitted into the hospital one of the first things they did is gave him a shot of cortisol (coughs) Not because they knew that he was taking it. Not cortisol, cortisone. That's just a one thing that hospitals will do if they don't know what's wrong with a patient, and they, you know, somebody's having like a coma and that sort of thing. They'll give them just a little shot of cortisone to try and stabilize them. And it seemed to work magically on Bruce Lee back then. And I'm guessing that the reason for that is he was had abused cortisone unknowingly because he was self-administering it and he was just finding some way to fight the pain. Like he had just broken his back like two years before, prior or something like that. And they were saying that he might even have difficulty walking and um I have
0: heard about that, yeah.
1: So he had many different injuries and he was using cortisone to try and push through these injuries.
0: So out of all these theories, Conrad, which one do you find to be the most plausible one?
1: I think it's the, the cortisol shots that he was taking uh, mixed with all the other things that he was doing because he has shown signs of being sickened long before this. And so the cortisol one shows that it would be something that he had to have been doing multiple times. If he had just taken that pill and that had killed him, why did he collapse two months before? Why was he having a muscular degeneration in his body? Why was he having so many different health issues beforehand. Now, I guess it could be some magical poison that nobody's ever heard of before could have done it, and that he'd been poisoned over a long period of time. People reported that he was very paranoid. He actually had a bodyguards that went with him, and one of the things that his bodyguards did was actually guard his thermos he had a special little thermos that he carried with him and he he wanted his bodyguard to make sure that nobody was putting anything in his thermos which implied that he was perhaps afraid of being poisoned there was also a story of he was at a school i think his high school he was revisiting his high school where he and seeing some friends at some sort of um, school reunion or something and somebody dropped something or slammed a door made a really loud pow and he dived under a table because he thought somebody was shooting at him he was also carrying a pistol with him at the time which was highly illegal in hong kong but he carried a double barrel two shot derringer that he carried inside of his pocket so i don't know enough about you know, the triad to really say that I think it was them. So I'm leaning more towards the uh, cortisol abuse because it would show that, uh, you know, a pattern of muscular degeneration and that sort of thing. But there's other people that even there was a, an expert that goes by the name of Tom Bleeker. And he says that he believes that it was foul play from the triad. And he's much more of an expert on it than I am. But for me, myself, I think it's the cortisone.
0: No matter how he died, no one can touch the legacy of Bruce Lee. He loved and cared about his family first and foremost. And I love a quote I found online, though I don't know who said it. Nobody was Bruce Lee before Bruce Lee, and no one could have been. Though his life was short, his impact on the world wasn't. I am, and always will be, a Bruce Lee fan. Thank you for listening. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at BizarreConspiracies at gmail.com. That's all one word, BizarreConspiracies at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and as always, we will catch you in the next episode.